0: We're continuing our series, Compassionate Interactions. We've been doing that for a number, for a little while now. We've got a few weeks left. Uh, this week, uh, we're looking at the uh, story of the uh, accused woman in John chapter 8. So if you want to turn there. Last week, Pastor Chris shared the story of Thomas. And, uh, you know, how many did it just then? Doubting Thomas. Who thought it as soon as I said Thomas? Um, you know, and I really appreciated uh, Pastor Chris's uh words that he shared with us. He talked about how in that doubt how Jesus showed patience with Thomas. Uh, he showed that how uh, that he extended peace to Thomas in his doubt and also he talked about the presence that Jesus had with Thomas. Um, I appreciated the fact that he uh, talked about the fact that we, we call Thomas doubting but the disciples were doubting too when they heard from the ladies you know so it wasn't just Thomas that doubted. But also the reality of that you know doubt happens it's okay you know uh it's good for us to process through it's good for us to walk with each other and help each other but the important part is is that when that comes that we don't just quit or just leave it there uh, but that we actually dive in and, and, and walk through it. And, you know, the things that we're doubting actually study and, and go through and get with people and talk and that those conversations are healthy. So if you missed last week, I encourage you, you can go watch, you can go listen on the podcast, however you want to do it, but I encourage you. Uh, and even if you're like, man, maybe I need to hear it again, I uh, encourage you to do that. So... Uh, Today, as I said, the accused woman, or the woman uh, caught in adultery, uh, John chapter 8. So I'm going to invite you to stand as we read God's Word this morning. So we begin there in verse 2 of chapter 8. And and I'll say this, some of you guys, you probably see it there that, you know, uh, in the text, mine says it. It's actually italicized because... There's a lot of talk and controversy. This was not in a lot of the earlier, early manuscripts that were found. Uh, So there's talk, was this added later? In the way that it's written, they wonder, it's not quite written the same way that the rest of John is written. And so did John really write this? Was this a story that was told and passed down and eventually it made it in? You know, there's a lot of speculation just on the origin of this story, where it came from. But we have it here today. And so we're going to look at this and and read it today. So, John chapter 8. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? With the woman still standing there, Jesus straightened straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Father, we thank you for this word that we have here in front of us today. This story of you and how you related to this accused woman. Father, I ask and pray that you will open our hearts to receive Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us, that we would take from here exactly what you would have us to know. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> So as we've been doing these, we've been kind of, there's been an order to doing uh, these. We've read the story. We've shared the scripture. Then usually I review the story, and then we kind of go into a character sketch of the person and then talk about how Jesus responds. So uh, what I thought I'd do today, a little bit different. Uh, Craig Hanscom uh, does orality, and so I thought it would be cool that for the retelling of the story, the second story, that we'd have Craig come and uh, and share the story that way and uh, do it through the method of orality. So Craig will not you come?
1: Jesus had been teaching during the feast. And as the feast ended, people left. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And the next morning, very early, he appeared again in the temple courts. A crowd gathered around him. And so he sat down. And began to teach. And then the the teachers of the law, Pharisees, Pharisees, a group that strictly followed the law of Moses and the traditions, they brought a woman who'd been caught in the act of adultery and made her stand before Jesus. And then they said to Jesus, The law of Moses commands that this woman be stoned. Teacher, what do you say? Now they were using this as a trap to find a reason to accuse Jesus. And Jesus bent down and he began to write in the ground. They kept questioning him and he, he stood up and he said, all right, The person here who has no sin can be the first one to cast the stone and start the execution. And then he sat down and continued to write in the ground. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, starting with the oldest, they one by one slipped away and left Jesus there and the woman in front of him. He looked at her and he said, where are your accusers? Is there anyone here who's condemning you? She said, no, sir. And Jesus looked at her and said, I will not condemn you either. Go and leave your life of sin. And that's our story from the Word of God. So now it's question time. What did you like? What, did you, what pleased you about this story? What did you enjoy in it? Excuse me. Forgiveness, Forgiveness. okay. Compassion. The compassion of Jesus. Grace.
0: Jesus receives the most. Sinful.
1: Jesus receives the most, sinful. the most sinful. Okay. I think I started something over here. Grace, grace. grace. Okay. Jesus was smart enough to, yeah, he, yeah, in fact, he turned it on him, didn't he? What, is there anything in the story that disturbs you or troubles you? It takes two to tangle. Okay, it takes two to tangle. Where was the man? Yeah, anything else? Okay.
0: Another sinner.
1: A sinner was condemning another sinner.
0: Yeah. What did he write in the sand?
1: Oh, what did he write in the sand? Yep. Pastor will have the answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> because she was a woman and looked down upon. Okay. Yeah. The woman was being looked down on. You've got you know the woman you've got Jesus you have the teachers of the law and the Pharisees what can we learn what can we learn from these different people's reactions what do we see in their reactions They left because they couldn't have their way.
0: They realized they were not without sin.
1: Yeah. They, the ones that left, left because they realized that they weren't without sin. Yeah. None of us are without
0: sin and... You know, which one of us, if we were way back there, would be standing here
1: with the stone in our hands? Yeah. Yeah. None of us are without sin. The tendency among self-righteous people is to look down on
0: others. And unfortunately,
1: it can happen to Christians. Too. Yeah. The tendency is to look down on others. Their sin's more important than mine. Okay.
0: Craig. All right, so we're going to look at this accused lady. We're going to look at the Pharisees and look at what God has for us. First thing is this: we assume we know from the text. We don't know a lot about the lady, but we can say that she's married. Uh, she, if she's not married, she's engaged to be married. Uh, she's been caught in the act of uh, in the act of adultery, which means in order for that to stick, she would have to be caught by at least two witnesses. Um, we, we don't see the man mentioned at all. The man's not mentioned at all. Which, which leads to believe that something more is happening here. That's what points towards this fact that this is a trap. This is something that they're trying to get Jesus. It really doesn't have anything to do with the woman. doesn't really have anything to do uh, necessarily with uh, anything beyond what the Pharisees are wanting to do, and that is to trap Jesus. And they're trying to trap him in two different ways. The first way is they're trying to get him to break the Jewish law. Uh, Jewish law there Leviticus um, chapter 20 says verse 10 says that if a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress are to be put to death. Over in Deuteronomy chapter 22 Uh, Starting in verse 22, it says, If a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both the man who slept with her and the woman must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. If a man happens to meet in a town, a virgin pledged to be married, and he sleeps with her, you shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. The young woman, because she was in a town and did not scream for help, and the man, because he violated another man's wife, you must purge the evil from among you. So they're testing to see Jesus if Jesus is going to uphold the law and if he's going to follow that. So they're trying to see is he going to stay true to that or not? And so that's what he that's what they're trying to find out. Um the second part of this is that he's trying to see, they're trying to see if he would then break the Roman law. And the Roman law at that time, Roman was, Rome was oc- occupied the place. The Jews had to serve them and follow their laws and rules as, as well, was that they could not execute, the Jews could not execute without there being a trial without there being an accused, um, an accusation of true guilt found. And so if Jesus would have said, execute her, then he also would have been breaking that law. So both situations is, is what was part of the test and what they were trying to find out. Um, another thing that stood out to me is it doesn't actually say, and this was mentioned, and I'm just asking for processing, doesn't actually say that the woman is forgiven. She's told to leave her life of sin, She's not actually told that she's forgiven. Any thoughts? We had thoughts on that in the first service. I I, want to say this, the idea that, you know, that Jesus gives her a choice right here that she could either choose in this moment to go back to where she was and get caught or continue in that, which I, if we choose to walk away from an opportunity of salvation and go back to where we're have we been forgiven? We haven't. But it is up to us to choose God's forgiveness. And we show that by walking away from sin. And that's what this woman had the opportunity to do. I would think, and we don't know this, this isn't a text. I'll tell you, in in reading this, this is one of the the most, there was so much speculation around this story. One, it was it even there to begin with, part of the speculation. Two, what in the world were the Pharisees doing? How did this even happen? So much speculation. The the, the reality that they were able to actually catch this woman in the act, it's often wondered, was the whole thing a setup to begin with? Was the whole thing a setup to begin with? Was she even set up? I think that's probably the thing that bothers me the most. You ask the question, what bothers you the most? What bothers me the most is these men were so selfish that they would take this woman and use her as a pawn just to try to get their way against Jesus and a man that they were upset with. They used her. And most likely they set her up to sin. just so they could try to get to Jesus. I, it just bothers me so much. And that, it should break our hearts that these men who represented God would, would look down on this woman and put her in this position. All to try to trap Jesus. I, I have three things real quick that I just want us to jump to look at. One, uh, no one is without sin. That was said. No one is without sin. No one is without sin. Uh, Jesus isn't claiming that the woman didn't sin. He just said, hey, sin no more. Go and sin no more. And then and he takes time and reminds the accusers of their sin. And they each take time and recognize their guilt. No one w- is without sin. Ha. Huh. Even today, Even those of us that follow Jesus and walk in Jesus, um, we're without sin. It's only, the only reason we can stand where we're at, the only reason we can talk to Jesus, the only reason we can have a relationship with him is because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of his grace. Now my hope is that this woman who was just brought before Jesus and presented to be accused, my hope is that she saw what was going on there in Jerusalem. She saw within a couple of days him going up onto this cross. And my hope is that because she was rescued by him that she said, I'm not going to sin anymore and I'm going to walk away from that. That's what my hope is. And and I even hope that she saw him nailed to the tree and even found out about what he was teaching and that she did walk away and that she's in heaven today. That's my hope. But the reality is we're all in sin. And we all, (laughs) there's no, I, 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 when I read Paul in Romans and he talks about this, this wretched body, when will I get rid of it? Anyone else ever feel that way? Ah, And we tend to put, you know, adultery up here, don't we? Can you show me in Scripture where sin is ranked from worse to okay? That's what we do, right? My wife was sitting here in the first service. Now she's cooking lasagna for those that are staying. Maybe more will stay now. Um, she was sitting here, and I just had to say, you know, what I put her through even this week, the words I say when I talk to her, the tone that I talk to her in sometimes, come on, Jessica, you know the answer to that. What are you thinking? And I just respond with such a, ugh. Any, anyone married? Anyone willing to admit? Good, I see some guys who are older than me and have been married longer. So, But when is it going to Stop. But, but we, you know, that's just life. You know, that's, that's not adultery. That's not pornography. That's not the big sins. Who are we to think that we... Not one of us is without sin. The second thing is this. God is just. God is just. The definition of just. Guided by truth, reason, justice, and fairness. There's so much in here about that. And and I'm not necessarily talking about the woman. According to the law, the woman had to what? Die. Die. But so did the man. And he's not here. And so did each of the lawyers that was there. You know, it talks about, you know, we hear Jesus call this an adulterous people. Jesus calls them an adulterous people. And we often probably think when we hear that, we think it's because they serve God, but then they don't serve God, they go serve their other gods. And so they're leaving God, so they're adulterous, right? One of the ones I was reading said, maybe they actually were adulterous people. You know, sex, the sin of sex, the, the sexual sin, that's the way I'll say that. Sexual sin is not new to our generation here in the 21st century or even 20th century. Well, I mean, we go all the way back to Genesis. When I was in middle school, I found the places in Genesis that were like, whoa, this was happening in Genesis? <laughs> middle school, boy, we, I, that was fun reading. It's been going all along. Maybe when Jesus calls them an adulterous people, it's because they were an adulterous people. Maybe that's my, oh, now, now we're going to talk about the sand. Jesus shows God's justness, his fairness, is saying, listen, it's not just about her sin and this. It's, it's really where your heart's at, because where were their hearts at? Not in the right place. You know, it's real interesting. Half the stuff that I read this week and studied about this was talking about what Jesus wrote in the sand. What did he write in the sand? What do he write in the sand? Guess what? It doesn't matter what he wrote in the sand. And I'll say this. When we get to heaven, we're not even going to ask the question. Because we're going to be so excited to be with Jesus. We're going to be so excited. For me, Does anyone enjoy a good movie saga? You know, good movie saga. I mean, I think of an example like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Um, Some people like Harry Potter. Some people like, uh, someone this morning said the Rocky saga story, Rocky. You know, those are all good. Um, When those are going on and you're in the midst of them or another one's coming out, Marvel, that's another one because there's a new Marvel movie coming out. You know, you see the preview for it, right? Who enjoys You you anticipate the preview, right? Um, Did you know on YouTube when a new preview comes out, there's actually people that take that preview and then record themselves talking about this preview and breaking down the preview and what all the things we might be able to conclude or anticipate about the movie from the preview. Did you know this existed? It'll sap time from you if you care about these things. Okay. Uh, My son Brandon and my youth pastor up in, in, in Montana both love Star Wars. And so whenever the new Star Wars preview trailer would come out, man, they'd start talking. Did you see this part in the trailer? Maybe it means this. Maybe it means that. And they would get going on these rabbit trails just everywhere. And then they'd turn to me like, what do you think? I'm like, you know, three weeks the movie will come out. I guess we'll just watch it and then we'll know. I hate those conversations. They suck the life out of me. 50% of the things I read was about what was written by Jesus. It's a distraction. And we miss the real heart of what the story is trying to tell us. If we needed to know, we would have been told. So let's not spend our mind focused on that. Let's focus on the things that matter. What matters most in here for me is the third one. We're called to holiness. We're called to holiness. Go and sin no more. The compassion. Go and sin no more. We are called to walk in holiness. That means this natural inclination we have in our flesh that just wants to come out. We we say, Holy Spirit, give me strength, give me power not to fall to that. When I do thank you for your forgiveness, I repent and help me to walk in your holiness. And then when it comes to other people, our heart should not be to point out their sin for our benefit or any other reason except that to help them walk in holiness. That's who we're supposed to be as a family. Holy because our God is holy and so our desire is to walk in holiness. But then our desire is that we love and we care so much for our brothers and sisters that if we see any kind of sin that our heart should break and say, how can I help you walk in holiness? That's what Jesus was encouraging her to do. Go and sin no more. A heart of compassion, a heart of justice, a heart that she would walk in holiness. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, but I think it's good for us to stop and ask the question, What sin do I need to confess? What sin do I need to confess? How am I showing justice? How am I twisting God's word for my benefit? Am I walking in holiness? Am I helping others to walk in holiness? The way the the method of orality is done, it shares the story twice. They ask the questions and then they end with the story. And so as you're asking the Holy Spirit, What are you saying to me? I'm going to have Craig come and share the story one more time.
1: One question I didn't ask is the last one. And that is, who do you think you need to tell this story to this week? So to help you do that, let's listen to the story one more time. At dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple and a crowd gathered around him and he sat down to teach. Then the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman to Jesus who had been caught in the act of adultery. They stood her before Jesus and they said, Teacher, the law of Moses Commands that we stone a woman like this to death. What do you say? They said this because they were trying to trap Jesus to have a way to accuse him. Jesus bent down and began to write in the ground. They kept asking him. They kept asking, and finally Jesus stood up and he said, "All right." The person that has not sinned can be the first one to throw a stone at her. And then he continued writing in the ground. And the lawyers, the Pharisees, one by one, starting with the oldest, they slipped out of the crowd And Jesus was there, the woman standing in front of him. And he looked at her and he said, Where are those who've accused you? Is there anyone that's condemning you? And she said, No, sir. No one. And Jesus said, I'm not condemning you either. Go and leave your life of sin. And that's our story. Who can you tell it to this week?